Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. This week we are thinking about some of our overwintering crops, specifically chilies and broad beans. That's coming up a little bit later. But first, of course, we've got the latest from my allotment and my vegetable garden. And there's quite a bit to get through today. So without much ado, let's get on with this podcast. Well, we start this week off on Saturday, the 20th of August, 2022. And it's been a day in my garden plot. Now... (laughs) quite a productive day I feel about because we we've been chatting a bit about expanding our garden plot and adding more vegetable patches and what with the newer gardens that we've effectively created this year like patio garden balcony garden etc etc we've got a better idea of what we've been doing so I've been measuring up for what I need to do everything and on that and drawing up some plans and one of the first things we're going to be doing is adding three new beds which Hopefully we're going to get done in the next couple of months. But apart from that, we have been doing quite a bit of work. First of all, I went into the greenhouse. Now, in the greenhouse, the tomatoes in there are not great. They've not done great inside there this year. So I'm leaving them for a little bit longer, but I think they're going to come out pretty soon. But what I have done is along the top, I've ran a piece of garden wire. Nice, strong, taut garden wire and the reason I'm doing this is that come in the next couple of months we're going to be planting or moving our hanging baskets into there we don't have things like chilies and strawberries in to overwinter them and get some early crops in now overwintering chilies is something I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on so you're going to hear more about that but for me, this is just growing them in hanging baskets this year. It's been really successful. They've grown really, really well and they are easy to move around. So I'm liking this and I just wanted to set up this garden, this greenhouse. And I just wanted to set up this greenhouse to make it easy for that. Now added to that, the mint. About two months ago, I cut half of the mint down to ground and that where I cut it down to ground has started regrowing so we're going to get fresh mint leaves from that but the other half has started to flower now with the the heat we've had over this last few weeks it's not surprising so I've cut that now down to ground and what this does is it rejuvenates the mint bring on some fresh green mint leaves that we can still use right up until about November and without them going to flower and when it does die back, we're going to really have a bit of a sort out in the mint. I keep my mint in a Belfast sink because it contains it really nicely and tidies it up really well. And it holds on to moisture really well. Now, I've also, over the years, obtained a couple of other sinks. Now, these aren't Belfast sinks, but they're bathroom sinks. And I've liked the idea of them in the garden. I've grown watercress in them before because they make a nice little pond. But I was partly inspired by Francis Tophill's garden at Gardener's World. And this area in front of the chicken pen is where I'm growing a lot of my herbs. It works quite nicely. I've got to say, it does work quite nicely. But I'm trying to make things just look a little bit more, well, different. I think is the word I'm looking for. And I liked seeing these sinks that they used in Francis Tophill's garden. 
So I've popped a couple of these sinks into place. I've had to dig the soil to make sure they're level. I've not got any uh, plants in them just yet. I'm planning what we're going to grow in them, but I just like the idea of this. And hopefully by growing them in a sink, it should contain the roots so they don't get too big. Now the chickens are doing really well at the moment. I've got to say, they're not laying any eggs. Bear was laying eggs until a couple of weeks ago and then stopped. I'm guessing the hot weather, but I think they're gonna, she's gonna lay eggs again soon. But the other two, the two new, Hawkins and Gertie, they haven't laid any eggs as of yet. And it's taken a while. I think it will happen. We're just waiting patiently. Now into the main vegetable patch area. And I've got to say, everything is coming on so well in there. The outdoor tomatoes that are in the ground, the big tomatoes these are, they are now fruiting and the fruit is ripening and we're harvesting those, which I'm really pleased about. We've got courgettes. We've got so much food coming in. It's really quite pleasant and lovely and tasty. I'm really liking this garden this year. I feel like we've really got on and done some productivity with it. Added to that, the patio garden, with all the hanging baskets, have been so productive and done, I feel, so well that I'm going to be keeping these gardens going on for the future. I've mentioned overwintering chilies a little bit earlier, but something that I have done is I've gone into my greenhouse and I've been sowing some chili seeds. And I want to talk about that and how we're going to grow those for overwinter. Well, here I am in my greenhouse and I'm sowing chili seeds. Now you might be thinking this is a bit of an unusual time to be sowing chili seeds. But what I've learned over the years of growing chilies, chilies are one of my favourite plants to grow. But I find that chilies do need a really long growing period in order to try and produce plenty of chilies. So I find that if we sow them now and we keep them somewhere warm, we can get them flowering and producing crops much earlier. Many of us are probably only just starting to harvest our chilies. Whereas if we sow the seeds now, right up till January, we can be harvesting our chili seeds June, July. And if we overwinter them, they definitely can be coming in during that time as well. More on that a little bit later. So we can actually sow our chili seeds right up till March, but I do recommend trying to get them a little bit earlier than that. March is just fine to be a little bit too late. Like I said, they need that long growing period. They do need a temperature of 18 to 22 degrees C to germinate. So a heated propagator or above a radiator, something like that, where you can keep that temperature. This time of year, by sowing them in the greenhouse, they actually probably will be pretty good at germinating in here. Then once they germinate, I prick them out into their individual pots of multi-purpose compost with a bit of perlite mixed in to the mix, just to lighten the soil and help with the retention of water and the drainage. Now again, as they grow, we'll pull them up bigger and bigger. And there is a chance that over winter we may lose some of these if it gets too cold. In a greenhouse or polytunnel, it may still get too cold. So you may either have to add heat into your greenhouse or what I do is I keep mine indoors. I find that that's the best way. Don't need any supplemental heating. The only thing they could do is with being in somewhere with plenty of light. I do have grow lights and that does help. 
but if you place them in a bright windowsill and rotate them around on a daily basis it should do well. When I say rotate them around what I mean is that one side of a plant is facing outside and one day and you rotate it around so the other side is facing the next day. That way it just gets an even light and it doesn't start trying to lean towards the, the sun in order to try and get as much light as it possible. Keep the soil moist. Chilies don't like to be sitting in a lot of water but they do like a bit of moist water. What I find is where well, I've been growing mine in hanging baskets this year which I absolutely love. When I've watered them the water obviously drains right through, dampens the soil but also runs straight out and that has been ideal for chilies as long as we water them regularly. So free draining soil just kept moist will help them and as long as they're kept warm and plenty of light they should do okay throughout the winter. Keep them potted up as we grow and then come May we will start looking at getting them outside. In fact if you've got a greenhouse even unheated March would be fine to get them in a greenhouse but outside May onwards. Now I like to grow mine as I said hanging baskets, pots in the ground, in the greenhouse, just a huge mix of different places all of which are perfectly adequate. In terms of a soil as I said, a decent, moisture-retentive, well-balanced soil. Multi-purpose compost is absolutely fine. Uh, ground is absolutely fine as well. No real special conditions that they need, as long as they get plenty of light. That is the big thing with chilies, plenty of light. I like to feed them from May onwards with tomato feed and that encourages them to flower and start to produce chilies which is ultimately what we want. And then as the chilies become available we start to harvest them. Now I do try to pick the chilies when they are young that way the plant produces more chilies. And the other advantage as well is when they are young they generally taste a bit hotter. I like a hot chilli. Now if you are not as brave as me and you want them to be a little bit cooler just leave them to ripen that's usually when they start to lose some of that heat. So there we go that is how to grow chilies from seed but if you're like me and you've got lots of chilies in pots or hanging baskets it's certainly possible that we can keep these plants growing over the winter just by simply bringing them inside. As I said with the seeds they need to be somewhere warm. So my hanging baskets, for example, are going to be hanging up inside this greenhouse on the wire that I've ran in here. And that will be adequate for them. Because they're a bit bigger, they should be a bit stronger. It is advised to trim the branches down to about a third. That way they conserve some of their energy. They haven't got to worry so much about trying to grow. And they do just tend to they look a bit skeletal but they just tends to help them and then come next year they start to pot on growth and they become quite a bit bushier. That being said I've got a friend who left a chili plant outside for three years running and it never died. It was in a pot on the patio somewhere well sheltered and again this is in the south coast of the UK and it survived. We might try that this year with one of our bigger plants just to see how it gets on as well. Um, but basically a lot of our chilli plants we're going to be bringing inside in October time just as it starts to get a bit cooler so that we can try and get the most out of them and try and get them growing for next year. Because ultimately that's what they will do next year. They will just start to grow again and they will start to produce fruit a lot earlier. So there we go. That is me growing chilies 
for this coming year. Some varieties that I do like. Apache is a good one. New Mix Twilight is quite a good looking one. There's hundreds and hundreds of different varieties out there, to be honest. To name just a few, I'll be here all day choosing my favourite. So, yeah. Right, let's get back to what's happening on the plots. It is Sunday the 21st of August 2022 today and as you can probably hear by the sounds in the background I'm down on the allotment. We've got football playing over in the corner, airplanes flying above. Yeah, a lot of noises that go on down here. Now uh, I came down here today to tackle a few of our tasks and the first thing I did was I went into the greenhouse and I got out all our overwintered onions that I stored in there a few weeks ago to dry out. And what I've done, I've topped and tailed them, taken the stalks and the roots off, which I normally do at home, but I decided I'll do it down here today and put all those bits into the compost bins so that basically we get more compost, of course, which seems to make sense. A few of the onions had gone a bit soft, so they've gone in the bin as well, because I, what I don't want to do is try and hold on to any that are rotting, because they make the rest rot pretty quickly when in storage. I've only kept the best. And I'll take these home, and they'll probably store for a few months quite happily if we keep an eye on them and check on them regularly. Or what we could do is peel and chop them and store the chopped onions in our freezer to use as and when needed, which might be what I do. I'm not quite sure yet. Now, talking of onions, I did go over to our spring-sown onions and harvest the onions that we had in there. And I'll be honest, what we had in there was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> they were good, I guess, for pickled onions. They're, they're that sort of size. They were tiny onions. So I'm putting that down as a bit of a disaster this week. And I put this down to the fact that it's been such a dry year and that's going to have an effect. And I didn't mulch that bed very well at all. So the two together have proved the problems that I've had with onions. Next year, we will do better. I know we will do better because... We're going to have to because we can't carry on doing this. Bit of a disappointment, I know, but um, airplane flying above. But it, it, it's part of Grow Your Own. We take what we can and we, we have to accept some losses sometimes. Now, with that bed empty, I raked it over and I've sown into some of that some facilia seeds. I use it quite extensively as a green manure because while I find it grows quick and it grows big and it shades out any weeds down below and also acts as like a, 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 a rain stopper that stops the rain hitting the soil hard and washing out any nutrients. It filters the rain down over the winter. So win, win, win. So I sow that and that will act over there over the winter and should help produce some really good results. Added to that... Come the spring, when we need to use that bed, that bed next year will be for beans. All we do is we cut it down a few weeks before, leave the foliage to rot down where it is, and add organic matter to the soil. I'm a big fan of green manures, and this is just one of the reasons why. It really does help produce good soil, produce good vegetables, and also help suppress its weeds. One of my multi-pronged attacks that I'm starting to use more and more on this allotment. Now after that I just went around checking on everything and gave everything a good water. We have had some rain this week but it hasn't been enough rain. What I like to do is just dig down a couple of inches into the soil 
and just see how wet it is down and actually what I could tell when I did that was that the top surface was just a bit damp further down was still very very dry we have had quite a bit of rain in a short time this week but it's not been enough so everything needed a really really good watering and I followed that up by harvesting some more French beans. Unfortunately, my French beans have started to dry out. The hot weather that we had last week has really affected them, despite my best efforts. So, not to worry, we, we've, we've harvested plenty of beans. And once they are done again, that bed will be put to use. It's, it's not the end of the world. We're making the most of it while we can. Now, as we are talking about overwintering plants... Something I want to talk about this week is how to overwinter broad beans. And that's coming up right now. Well, you join me in the podding shed, and that is because I'm looking through my seeds to see about what broad beans we can grow over winter. I'm a big fan of growing broad beans between middle of September and the middle of November and that is getting them in the ground. reason I like to do this is that obviously by sowing them over winter one it puts the beds to use it makes it look like something is growing on the plot during those winter months but also we get an earlier crop of broad beans which avoids black fly problems and by getting an earlier crop by the time the crop is finished of our broad beans, which usually gives us plenty of broad beans, we can clear that bed and still have time to sow other beans in that bed, French beans or runner beans. So I'm a big fan of overwintered broad beans. Now, broad beans are actually pretty hardy, with some of them being able to take a temperature down to minus 10. So they're very rugged and very good at germinating in fact two degrees c is how warm it needs to be for them to germinate but the freezing point is always going to be a problem that's why i don't sow them after the middle of november if i did i would pot a cloche over them or a, a, a bottle top that has had the bottom cut off just to add some protection for the seedling now, in terms of the soil, obviously I'm preparing the soil at the moment, making sure it's weed-free before we sow them, making sure the soil is in level, got everything that we need to go, and raked in a fine tilth. Now, the usual favourite type of seed is Aquadolce claudia, or sometimes known as Aquadolce. Now, these are really, really good plants to grow over winter now i will be this year for a change just putting them straight into the ground but we can sow seeds in root trainers if we so wish reason i'm doing them straight in the ground is i'm just trying to reduce the amount of work that i have to do i feel that the bed these are going in is so pretty good at avoiding weeds that it should be okay now i drop the seed about two centimeters deep it is quite a big seed and cover them back over give them a good water in and then just leave it to do its own thing. I find usually they don't need much care and attention. They are pretty hardy, especially over winter. Unless we get a dry spell, we don't really need to water. But they will germinate in about two weeks, two to three weeks, and they will soon be growing. Now, they will grow slow, and even over the winter I find some of the leaves and tops do turn a little bit black. Don't worry about it. I find that they just soon recover as soon as the weather gets better. 
if you are in some harsher environments, it might be worth just putting a cloche over or some Enviro mesh netting or something just to help keep them a little bit warmer. What I have seen people do, especially on our allotment, is they actually make like a Enviro mesh fence around the perimeter of the bed just to protect those broad beans from strong winds and also to increase that microclimate in that area, just keep them a little bit warmer. So that, that is something I will probably do this year, actually, get some EnviroMesh and make this little fence just to support them a little bit better. Now, once they are in the ground, as I said, they don't need much to do. They just sit there, they'll grow through and they will peek out through the top. Keep them weed free as we grow. Again, during the winter, they don't need much weeding because not many weeds will grow. And eventually they will just continue to grow they may flop over and that's where either the fence i spoke about earlier or putting up some wires to hold them in place again the type of fence just so they don't fall onto your paths or where they're going to get ruined easy to do just push some bamboo canes into the corner of the beds around them and then tie some wire all the way around or even string eventually they will start to produce pods and beans and I like to pick the pods when they are small, when I can feel the beans inside. I find when they get bigger, they tend to be a little bit harder. This usually begins in about May, so that hunger gap period is ideal. And then we pick the pods, remove the beans from the pods and cook them, freeze them, do whatever we have to do. I have eaten the pods before themselves. I dipped them in batter and ate those. Again, they were best when they were younger. They weren't exactly popular with my family, but I quite liked them. It gave me that extra food source that I really, really liked. So what I'm doing now, as I said, I'm making sure we've got the seeds, which I do, and I cannot wait to get those into the ground. The bed is ready, weed-free, good soil, and so on. I cannot wait to get these done. Let me know if you're going to be growing any broad beans over winter yourselves, and what are you going to be doing to grow them that is different to what I've said. Let me know in the comments. Right, let's get back to the gardening. So today is Monday the 22nd of August 2022. I've just got back from work and I am in my greenhouse at home. It's been raining quite heavily today which is very very welcome and filling up some of our water butts really nicely but what's also good the patio garden we've suffered quite a few losses with some of our salad leaves with that heat that we had a couple of weeks ago so i have decided i've run into the greenhouse because it's out the rain but i've decided i've cleared out the tubs of the salad leaves and the radish and i'm starting to sow them again and hopefully they'll germinate quite quickly these are just ordinary lettuce leaves radish nothing really difficult about it or special but the idea being they're going to be quick to grow and quick to produce some food that we can eat in a few weeks time uh, so yeah that's what i've come in here to do today I do like sowing seeds. Yesterday we sowed some cabbage seeds as well for our spring cabbage. Just getting those underway as well. All full steam ahead again, making sure we've got plenty of stuff growing to go into our garden and allotment. 
Now, usually on a Monday, I'll be recording in our kitchen, but I've been a little annoyed with the echo I get from in there. And I'm still going to keep the recipe segment up. And this week... I had a bit of an inspiration. My brother is working away and he's uh, he's been, as you do when you work away, eating out a lot. And he posts pictures up of the meals he's eating out. This one particular day he posted a picture and I recognised the restaurant straight away because of one thing. And it was onion loaf. And it was onion loaf. Some of you may already know the restaurant I'm talking about. I'm not going to name it. But this got me thinking that there must be a way to produce an onion loaf at home. I had a bit of a search, I found a few recipes and then I adapted it to our serve. So what I did to create this onion loaf is I chopped up a, a medium onion and, and a couple of cloves of garlic and then sweated those down in a bit of olive oil over just a very gentle heat. This took about six minutes because I only really wanted the onions and garlic to be soft. Once I felt they were cooked, I added a tablespoon of flour, gave it a good stir, and then I made a batter. Now the batter consisted of milk, flour, and a bit of seasoning, salt and pepper, etc, etc. And then I added the onion mix into the batter, gave it all a good stir to make sure everything was really well coated, took out half of the onion batter mix and shaped it into a loaf. I did have to use some flour on a board to, to create the loaf shape and hold it all together. And I did the same with the second half. And then I popped them all into our uh, air fryer to cook. Now, the recipes I found usually use a deep fat fryer. We don't have a deep fat fryer. We don't like deep fat fryers. We're trying to be a bit healthier. So our air fryer with just a bit of oil and sprayed a bit of oil seemed to work. I did have to turn it a couple of times while cooking, but it worked and it was really, really nice. There will be a recipe and pictures up on the website on Wednesday evening if you want to find out more about that. Right, well that is it for this week. Thanks so much for joining me. We will be back again next time. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review on your podcast service. And if you've really enjoyed it, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. You can find more details on that at the vegrowpodcast.co.uk. But quickly, I charge £5 a month for that. For that, you get a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. And you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts that are my kind of own personal view on a, a wide take of things. If you want to get in t contact with me, leave me an email, richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk or also on the website, you can leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post or you can use our voicemail service and leave us a voicemail. And finally, don't forget to check us out on social media. Right, well until next time, please take care. <laughs>